Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Matthew, chapter 5. If you haven't been with us, we've been going verse by verse through the Sermon on the Mount. And here in Matthew chapter 5, we're actually going to conclude this chapter today. You know the story in verse 1, as Jesus is gathered there on the mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him and he lifted up his eyes and he opened up his mouth and he began to utter some very shocking words to the disciples as he begins to give them the Beatitudes. As I pointed out, they're Beatitudes, not do attitudes. They're Beatitudes, not do actions. They're Beatitudes. These things that Jesus has been talking about are attitudes that every Christian ought to have about sin, self, God, and the world. And so Jesus says that we as Christians are to be poor in spirit. That we are to mourn over our sin there in chapter 5 verses 1 through 12. We're to mourn over our sin. And we're to no longer exalt ourselves but submit to God. We're to be meek. And we're to be starving and thirsting people who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And we're to be merciful and not just have a clean heart but a pure heart. And if you live this kind of way, Jesus is pointing out the world's not going to be your friend. World's not going to like you. You're going to become an enemy to the world because you're in direct opposition to the world's way. And so you'll be persecuted for living your life like Christ. And then beginning in verse 21, Jesus takes important six, actually, important Old Testament laws. And he takes a traditional view, listen, the traditional view of the law, and he's showing the moral intent behind the law. So when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, there are some people who say, well, I live by the Sermon on the Mount. And there's some people who say, well, I live by the Ten Commandments. And still there are others who say, well, I live by the Golden Rule. Well, when you really understand the Sermon on the Mount, the Ten Commandments, and the Golden Rule, you will see that the Ten Commandments, the Sermon on the Mount, and the Golden Rule were never intended that you might be able to keep them, but they, that they might become a mirror to you to show you that you cannot keep them and that you need a Savior who, who has kept them all perfectly and that you need Jesus. That's the point of the Sermon on the Mount, to be a mirror. So you can say, well, you know, I, I have murdered, I mean, not physically, but I, I've murdered with my tongue. Well, I've done all these bad things in my heart, and therefore, I need a Savior. That's the point of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus does that. He takes the traditional view, and he shows the moral intent. Jesus is accentuating the spirit of the law 
and not just the letter of the law. You see, the Pharisees, they accentuated the letter of the law. And Jesus is just the opposite, as he always is, opposite and opposed to those legalists. And he says, no, no, you can try to keep the letter of the law, but what I'm talking about is the spirit of the law. Not just outward activity, but an inward attitude of the heart. Now, the Sermon on the Mount. Here we come to, in chapter 5, beginning in verse 43, this is actually the high point if you're taking notes. This is the high point of the sermon. You could even say this is probably the central and most influential section of the Sermon on the Mount. Why? Because it deals with Christianity in action. Christianity in action? Yeah, here comes the hard stuff. Gosh, I was preparing this sermon and I'm thinking, okay, all right, Lord, okay, yeah, all right, I think I, all right, I get it, I get it. But now this next section, I don't get it. And not only don't I get it, but Lord, this, this really seems impossible. Love your enemies? And then this is where, you know, this is almost like, okay, Lord, now this is too much. Okay, now well, I've had enough. This is too much. This takes me over the edge. You mean I got to love my enemies? Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Christianity in action. Look at uh, verse 43. Chapter 5, beginning verse 43, if you're there, say amen. Now you have heard it has been said. Verse 43 is very important. You've heard it has been said. All the Bible's important, but verse 43 is important. You've heard it has been said. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless, circle that. Those who curse you, do good, circle that. To those who hate you and pray, circle that. For those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you might be the sons of your father in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Don't even the tax collectors do the same thing? And if you greet your brethren only, so what? What do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do that? Now look at verse 38 or 48. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. Stop right there. Give me your attention. On Fridays, I do my sermon at home. I generally stay home, work on my home computer because the office can get me distracted if I hear somebody come through the front door, I always want to run out of my office and go talk to them. And I never get anything done. So I try to work at home on Fridays. So this past Friday, I was working at home. And my, one of our secretaries, who happens to be my daughter, she does the bulletin. And so she called me up and she said, Dad, she said, uh, what's your sermon topic for Sunday? I said, love your enemies. She said, do I have to? And I thought to myself, I hung up the phone and I thought to myself, you know, I would venture to say that that's the sentiment of most people. I mean, it was a joke tongue in cheek, I'm sure. I mean, she understood that was my sermon title. But I thought to myself, isn't that the sentiment of most people? Love your enemies. Do I have to? The prime minister of Spain, his name is Ramon Alvarez. He was dying at some point. He was the prime minister of Spain. He was dying. And as he was laying on his 
bed dying, a priest visited him. And when the priest came in, he asked the king, he said, does your excellency forgive all his enemies? And the king responded, I don't have to forgive my enemies. I had them all shot. Again, you're like, hmm, that's an idea. (laughs) Again, wouldn't it just be sort of twisted, kind of nice to just kind of get rid of your enemies? I mean, have them all shot? Give them a new pair of cement shoes and toss them in the sea? I mean, these are all ideas to get rid of your enemies. But Jesus says, no, don't shoot your enemies. Don't get rid of, don't off them. Don't get rid of them. Don't cast them in the bottom of the sea. Jesus says, love your enemies. And when you think about it, there's no teaching of Jesus or teaching in all of the Bible that more people are in agreement, Christian and non-Christian alike. Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be the recipient of love. Everyone. But ironically, there's no teaching in all the Bible that is more neglected. Have you noticed? Because there's no teaching more difficult to practice consistently in our lives than to love our enemies. And so Jesus begins by saying in verse 43, you have heard it has been said, love your neighbor. Did you notice that? Now, where has it been said? If you are taking notes, write this down. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. You can write it inside of your Bible. Leviticus 19, 18. And it says, you shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Notice Leviticus chapter 19 says, love your neighbor as yourself. Or you could read this, love your neighbor just like you love yourself. Now, this is important because we live in a very self-loving culture. Have you noticed? It doesn't take much time. Turn on the TV at any given time and you will see all kinds of stuff on how you can love yourself. They got books written, How to Love Yourself in 10 Days. Whatever. Videos, DVDs, all kinds of stuff on loving self. You can hear any given preaching at any given time in many pulpits around the country that will tell you you have got to love yourself before you can love God or others. I have heard that. And I'm, hello, The Bible does not teach that. Amen. The Bible does not teach. We live in such a I love me culture. Oh, just hug yourself. (laughs) Just give yourself a big old kiss. How are you going to do that anyway? And a big old lips. I mean, mean, how are you going to do that? Oh, just hug yourself and just say to yourself, I love me. Yes, I love me. What's up with our culture? You got to love yourself, man. 
You got to build your self-esteem and you can't love other people until you love yourself. Listen, the Bible does not teach that. On the contrary, the Bible teaches you love yourself too much. The Bible teaches you love yourself. Jesus said, love your, did you get it? Did you get it? Love your, did you get it? Love your, thank you, you got it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So here, okay, this is what the Bible's teaching us. This is what the Bible has to say. Wait a minute, I'm supposed to love my neighbor like I love myself? In other words, I already love myself, so I should love my neighbor like I love myself. Yeah, that's exactly right. Did you get that? Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Paul said, talking to husbands, to wives, about their wives, husbands, love your wife as you love yourself. For no man ever hated himself. Nobody hates himself. Well, I just hate me. How many of you have heard people say that? It just drives me bananas because it's not true. Oh, I just hate me. Oh, I just hate me. I just hate me. I, I hate it. I hate me. I am so ugly. I hate me. I'm so ugly. It's like, wait a minute. If you really hated you, then you would be happy that you ugly. You would be like, oh, I'm so ugly. <laughs> I'm so ugly. Oh, yes. Yes, I hate me. I'm so ugly. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, I hate me. I hate me. No, you don't. Your problem is you love you. And that's why you spend so much time talking about how much you hate you. I think. <laughs> So we all love each other. Now, listen, I can prove that you love you. I can prove it. I can prove it right now. Tell you what, let's do this. Let's all take a group picture, okay? We take a group photo. I take it over to Walmart, get it developed, come on back, load it on the computer, show group photo up on the screen. Who is the first person you look for? There I am. <laughs> there I am. I look like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> Why? Why? Because you love you. You really love you. You know, you are hopelessly and helplessly in love with you. And that's the problem. So it's not about self-loathing. And self-esteem is all about self-love. You love yourself. And Jesus says, look, love others like you love yourself. Now, I told you how outwardly we've been talking about over the last several weeks, how outwardly righteous the Pharisees live their lives and how they sought to keep the letter of the law and ignore the spirit of the law. Well, the Pharisees also were famous for perverting and adding to the law. You see, they taught, love your neighbor. Did you notice in verse 3, 43, Jesus said, you have heard it has been said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is what the, the Pharisees taught. But listen, the scriptures did not teach that. This is not what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, the Bible never, no, not ever teaches, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. The Bible does not teach that. It says, love, Leviticus 19, it says what? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But the Pharisees, they perverted and added to the scriptures and said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. They were saying something that Jesus didn't say. 
Listen, can I tell you, can I give you a word? Please, don't add to the scriptures. Don't add to the Bible. And don't take away from the scriptures. Don't add to and don't take away from. Say what God says. Teach the Bible. Don't teach about the Bible. Don't teach around the Bible. Don't leave things out because it's not politically correct. Well, we don't talk about sin because sin is not politically correct. We don't talk about the blood of Christ because that's yucky. I mean, who talks about the blood anymore? I mean, hello, we live in, you know, new century here. We don't talk about grace. I mean, after all, people might just go out and sin it up. So we don't talk about grace either. Listen, don't take away from the Bible and don't add to the scriptures. Say what God says. Here's a sobering warning. Revelation 22, verse 20. It says, if anyone takes away from the words of this book of the prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. I, I, I just don't understand how people can just stand in pulpits around the country and even around the world and say things that God does not say. I don't understand I don't understand if they're not teaching the Bible, then what are they teaching? They must be teaching their own opinions. And when you start teaching your own opinions, then you will start going down the path of the Pharisees because you'll start down the path of legalism and self-righteousness. And before you know it, you'll start thinking you can keep the law and do the law and you can be good enough and you can be smart enough. And God, by golly, people will like you and they won't. And you'll be lost. Don't leave the word. Stay with the word. The Pharisees, they were adding to the word. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I personally would not mind if the Bible said love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I wouldn't mind. Matter of fact, I I wouldn't mind if the Bible said love your neighbor, hate your enemy, and then beat them up. Mm, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just would get in the spirit. I mean, it would be a wonderful thing. But but, but I can't add to the scripture, and that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so what the Jews would do is, and they would take this word neighbor, and they would redefine it. And the word neighbor actually got redefined to Jew. So in other words, they would read it as you shall love your Jew as you love yourself. You see, they would redefine it. Interesting. Only the Jews they considered were their neighbors. Now, you might remember the story. It's in Luke chapter 10. You should go read it in your own time. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. In Luke chapter 10, you know the title of it. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Oh, we all know the story. A lawyer came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to, 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 to have eternal life? And Jesus said, what does the law say? And how do you interpret it? And he said, well, the law says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. And the second is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus said, yep, you hit, it, hit the nail right on the head. Now go do it. And then he said, okay, Lord Jesus, I understand that. He says, but who is my neighbor? And that is when Jesus began to tell the story of the good Samaritan who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves and he was brutally beaten and left to die. And a Pharisee came by and he saw the man in the road and he gathered his robe about him 
And he walked by and he didn't touch him. He didn't help him. And later a lawyer came by and saw that man, that same man, and he crossed the street. And he didn't want to have anything to do with him. And then a third man came by. He's a good Samaritan. The Jews hated the Samaritans. Why? Because they weren't like them. Because they were half-breeds. They were racially unclean. And the Jews hated the Samaritans. But Jesus says this good Samaritan, he came walking by. And when he saw that man, he had compassion on him. Jesus had compassion on people. He always had compassion on people. He loved people. He would never walk by and never and not help a person who really needed him. And so this Samaritan, he had compassion on this man and he poured oil into the man's wound and and he bandaged the man up and he put him on a donkey and he took him to a hotel and he paid the hotel manager to take care of him. And then Jesus said, which of these three was a neighbor to the man? And the man said, well, of course, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, great answer. Now go do likewise. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, who's your neighbor? Is it Jews only? Not. Your neighbor is anyone who needs your help. Your neighbor is anyone who needs mercy. And then Jesus goes over the top and he says, your neighbor in our context is even your enemy. My enemy's my neighbor? Yeah, even your enemy is considered your neighbor. But you see, they were adding to the scriptures and lowering God's standards in order to keep the law. And so God is saying, love your enemy as you love yourself. The best way to love your enemy is not to shoot them, but to make them your friend. We talked about last week, turning the other cheek. Don't just turn the other cheek. Smile at them. Blow them a kiss. Not unless, of course, he's a guy and you're a guy, then don't do that. But make him your friend. Buy him some flowers. Buy it. Make him some cookies. I mean, do nice things is what Jesus is saying. You know, the Bible talks about heaping coals of fire on their heads. If you do nice things for them, I say do nice things and heap those coals, man. Burn, baby, burn. You know, really do nice things and annoy them. That's how you get back at your, I mean, love your enemies. That's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. That's, that's tough. Love your enemies. That's what Jesus says. Now, what makes this even more difficult is the word that he uses for love. The word he's using for love, you guessed it, is agape. You know, in the Greek language, the Greek language is more expressive than the English language, and so they have four words for love. We have one word for love. We say, I love ice cream, I love cookies, I love my dog, I love my kids. But in fact, I mean, hopefully you love your dog differently than you love your kids. So you love them differently. Well, in the Greek language, they had words for that. They had eros and storge and phileo. And then they had this word agape. And this word agape is divine love. A love that only comes from the Father. A love that is from heaven. And, and Jesus says, love your neighbor with this love that comes from heaven. Agape, love your neighbor. And Jesus says, if you have enemies... And they're cursing you. Did you notice this in verse 44? You're to do three things. Number one, bless them. Number two, do good to them. And thirdly, pray for them. Bless them. Bless them. Not bless them out. You know what I mean. Not not curse them out. Not bless them out. But bless them. Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath. Isn't that true? 
You know, I'm telling you, my wife has mastered this verse. She really has. I was telling them all, both services and the past services today, I was telling them, you know, we could be in the middle of an argument. It's an amazing thing. I mean, we are in the heat of an argument, and I'm telling you, I'm red, and she's yelling, and we're yelling at each other, and all of a sudden, she comes out with, you know what? I tell you what, Rodney, you know, we need to stop. Satan is ripping us off. Let's just pray right now. Let's just stop and pray. Stop, let's pray right now. Give me your hands. Let's pray, let's pray. And I'm thinking, I hate it when she does that. I do. I want to argue. She's like, well, let's pray. I don't want to pray. I want to argue. We're going to finish this even after we pray. And she's like, no, 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 let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just love you. And I'm like... You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.